0: On episode 87 of DevTalk, I speak to Sky Heffling about Uno Platform and WinUI3. Welcome to another episode of DevTalk. My name is Kerry Lowther, and today's guest is Sky Heffling. Sky is a lead software engineer working on cross-platform apps. She works in open source cross-platform projects like like.NET MAUI, UNO Platform, Maui Toolkit, and I'm really happy to have her on the show. Hello, how are you doing?
1: Good. Thanks for having me.
0: I recently stumbled across you on Twitter because you said you had written a book or you, you announced the publishing of your book. And I was quite intrigued because it was, it was an interesting combination. Before we get to the book, is this from your your day job or from your open source work? Or? It's a
1: little bit of both. Um, I work in cross platform apps and mobile apps, so I did so I've done like Maui, Xamarin Forms, and Uno Platform really caught my eye many years ago, and mm-hmm. I uh, I, con- I started contributing to it, and I got contacted to write a book, and so my book is building cross platform apps with Uno Platform and WinUI.
0: Cool. Yeah, we've we've had uh, Jerome on the the call, on the, the podcast twice here, uh, talking about Uno Platform. And um, actually the last episode recorded, we actually g- got a little bit into into that too with Dan, Dan Siegel, who is also a contributor. Um, so this one isn't published as of time of recording. Uh, how did you get involved with Uno Platform? Is that also
1: something you did for work? Um, it's a little bit of work. Like I've been in the, the mobile... .NET uh, open source community for quite some time now. I want to say I got into it in like 2015, 2016 and mm-hmm. done some some large contributions in the Xamarinform stuff. And like Uno Platform uh, has always kind of been there. It was another cross-platform .NET technology. Uh, people that work with me hear me say they're different. They solve different problems. And we can yeah. get into that a little bit later. I wanted to start like poking around at it and I really, I really liked what they did. This all a very different problem. Their, their focus is on the line of business enterprise style app that has pixel perfection. So you write like your Windows app and it's going to look almost identical, very similar in all of your different platforms, iOS, Android, web. You can even do Linux, which is really cool.
0: Okay. So from what I understand, Uno developed from like UWP app, uh, development, right? Yeah, and is is that still
1: UWP based kind or kind of? So Uno Platform, like the build pipeline, makes use of a lot of code generators. Um, and the so they have a series of code generators that does like a UWP implementation for people to have a UWP app, and they mm-hmm. also have WinUI three. My book is focused on the latest and greatest of Uno Platform and WinUI three.
0: Okay, maybe for the listeners, or also for myself, uh, the the distinction between UWP and WinUI, and I think yeah. there have been recent changes. Or WinUI three is something completely
1: different, is it? It's kind of confusing, like yeah. uh, Windows App Dev, in the mic. It's just been, it's been a little bit of a ro- roller coaster with Project Reunion, and then the WinApp SDK, as they've kind of, but trying to bring all of the different Windows development tooling together. Uh, So Mm -hmm. the problem with UWP was it was baked in at the operating system level. So if you wanted to get a new feature in UWP, you had to make sure all of your customers were updated to a certain build of Windows, which caused problems uh, uh, from the development and even from deployment side of things. So the goal with WinUI is taking that UI layer out of the OS layer so you can ship them independently of each other. So a new feature okay. comes out in one UI, you grab the latest toolkit instead of telling your customers, hey, you need update to update window, the latest Windows.
0: Okay, that's in line with what we saw happening with the .NET framework too, right? That you can, you can have ship your .NET framework with your app and uh, people don't have to update their system before. Right. Okay. Cool. And uh, so, actually, one of my coworkers would say uh, was saying somebody needs to write a book about winui three because um, it it's kind of hard to get information. Um, I I went into some documentation today because I actually need that for the the Windows part of my Maui app today, and and somehow I always get confused between because things are similar. Maui's this way and when you eye looks about the same but it's a little bit different or maybe yeah. just the xml namespaces are different things like that um so great that you're you're consolidating this this information into a book
1: yeah yeah it's it's been a little bit of a journey with uh Understand. I I get mixed up on it too. Like it's we're in a transition phase in the Windows app dev space. Like the UWP namespaces all started with Windows, and now the WinUI namespaces all start with Microsoft. Mm-hmm. But they're all exactly the same, so it's very easy to get mixed up of where you are.
0: Yeah, and the same is true with uh, Maui and uh, Xamarin Forms. Right, mm-hmm. um, that it's similar, but now it's somewhere different and there are differences but it's it's not easy to always catch them
1: yeah yeah and so how, how did it happen that you wrote a book on this so i was many years ago i want to say this was before the pandemic i met uh, jerome and francois at ignite and we were talking about using it at work and um that was around, I think it was after I did like some of my first contributions to Uno Platform and I really liked it and I, we wanted to talk with them. And uh, at that same time, I was doing a lot of research in Uno Platform and I ended up writing up this Getting Started blog series about, just about two years ago. Um, okay. so, 20, so 2020 in the fall, I wrote like eight or 10 articles and I worked with the Uno Platform team to make sure the content was really good. And yeah. right after I released it, um, my publisher contacted me and said, hey, we saw your blog series and we want you to write a getting started at Uno platform." Mm-hmm. And I thought about it for a little bit. I was like, this could be a fun endeavor to go in and write a book. I've never written one. And uh, then uh, shortly after, I signed a contract with them I started working on it. So I've been working on it for about two years. It's been it's been a lot to work on it, but I'm, I'm happy it's done and people are buying it and people are really excited about it. Yeah, cool.
0: And uh, did you get feedback yet from the
1: community, from people buying? Yeah, I've gotten feedback from people inside the .NET community and outside of our community. Yeah. Um my my college background is in game development so i have friends in the games industry that are actually buying the book and i look at them and go, "Why are you buying the book like you do game dev and c plus plus mm-hmm. it's something different to learn and it's still applicable so a lot of my a lot of my friends across tech are buying the book that is just it's really surprising and i'm really really excited that people are enjoying it
0: i'm I'm uh, su- surprised to see the the mixture of uno and WinUI on the cover in in the title so i know or we already talked about that Win ui is one of the flavors that uno compiles to but it's just one of many right so it, how how did this happen that that, that that's part of the title
1: <laughs> yeah so uno the, the best way to think of uno platform uh, in comparison to something like like Xamarin forms and Maui is, net maui is dot net maui has their own shared implementation for the various platforms. In Uno platform, they still do, but their their approach varies a little bit. So they don't have to build the Windows platform because that's already there in WinUI or in UWP. They just took that and they looked at the spec and said, hey, this spec is really nice. Let's take this spec and implement it across the platforms. So when you're working on an Uno platform iOS app, you're actually writing WinUI code. Yeah. So okay. what they did is all of the various platforms they implemented the WinUI spec cross-platform. So they actually yeah. work closely with the WinUI team and uh, the stuff that is open source for it. They'll look at the code for it and then they'll take that and convert it, if if necessary, into uh, the into the Uno platform code for those platforms as they as they work through different sets of controls. But when you're working in Uno platform. It has such a tight relationship with WinUI 3. You're really writing WinUI code across all of it. And when you need, you do need to get into some of the platform specific code, which you'll do your uh, preprocessor directives to swap, you know, whether I need to do this in like iOS or Android. You can Mm -hmm. even do it in the XAML very, uh, it's uh, very short, the amount of syntax that you need, which is, that was one of the, the really nice things I liked about Uno Platform, where I can set up an XML namespace definition at the top and say, hey, I want to do this on Android, and I can just plug that into an element, and it's one line of XAML instead of like six or eight.
0: Mm-hmm. Cool. So one of the main platforms is iOS, then, uh, or iOS and Android are probably the most popular, I'd
1: say? Um, I would argue that... Uh, WebAssembly is a very popular platform uh, okay. for Uno Platform. Like the big ones, to my understanding, are going to be Windows, WebAssembly, iOS, and Android, in no particular order. But mm-hmm. that—that's really the the power with Uno Platform to me. I mentioned earlier is it's great for enterprise line of business. Uh, if you've done—if you've done any time in the contracting business, you know that everyone's asking for a Windows app, not Windows app, a web app and a mobile app that does very similar stuff. So (laughs) with Uno platform, I can do that very easily uh, with the WebAssembly platform. And then when I compile it for an iOS or Android, the app looks almost identical. And screen size is very different from mobile to web, but the theming is still there. Like it's all the exact same code, which is really, really cool.
0: Does that mean that the the controls are all drawn on those platforms, for, uh, or is it still using native controls on? It's platform? still using
1: native controls. It's not like um, it's not like a Flutter that's using Skia to draw. It. You yeah. can st- you still have access to Skia like you do in Maui, uh-huh. Maui. You can do some really advanced drawing stuff, but it is all native controls.
0: Okay, yeah. Uh, though and but you said they look the same so that means they're they're styled by uno platform yes yeah. look so similar
1: there's two approaches you can do you can use like the default styling which come which would be the windows styling so it's it's actually really funny when you first open up like an iOS app and yeah. it looks like Windows controls. You're like, oh, this is not an iOS app. This is what looks like a Windows. It's not yeah. drawn. It's actually how they style the controls. It's really mm-hmm. cool. Um, but they also have out-of-the-box uh styling kits. So you can have it go to the native default. So you can use the Apple styling kit and the Android styling kit, and it'll look like those native apps. They also have Theming kits available, so if you want everything to be Material, you can just use the Material kit.
0: <laughs> yeah, I, I was just picturing uh, on on iOS, Windows Designer, um, and then I was thinking like Windows Mobile. You know the. I remember uh, those the, the days where you still had the stylus, and uh, that would be awesome to have a, <laughs> have a U- iOS app look like that. <laughs> you can do it with a Uno platform. Cool, but well, yeah, what's so? Were you working together with? The team, the the WinUI team also, and the, the UNO team for this book?
1: Uh, so this book, I worked mainly with the UNO platform team. I chatted a lot of the book as I went through and researched different topics I wanted to cover. I found little problems here and there, so I contributed some pull requests to fix some issues. I've talked with Jerome quite a bit mm-hmm. uh, throughout, the, throughout writing the book. I have not really talked too much with the WinUI team. Um, when I released it, they were actually really excited to hear that the the book was on Uno Platform WinUI. I know the folks over at Uno Platform collaborate with the WinUI team quite a bit on what they're working on.
0: Okay, yeah. What's were what some of the the challenges? Uh, so you you said it took two years. Um, there must have been things that were easier and things that were difficult to do.
1: It um, yeah, it took two years. I was really nervous going to write it. I. um when I first started, I remember talking with the publisher that I'm dyslexic and like this is going to be really hard for me to write a book because of that. But so that was a one struggle that I fought that I really fought when I was writing it. And then the from the technology side. Mobile dev just moves so fast. It's yeah. It's really hard to keep up. I, I constantly say we're just falling forward with mobile tech. By the time we're back up to date with Google and Apple, they've already done another release. And then the, the native Microsoft libraries are updated. And there's, there's just a lot of falling forward. So as I was writing the book, things things have changed. And just keeping yeah. my code up to date, that was really hard when um, – when I was first researching the topic of the book, the WinUI stuff was really in its infancy and really new, and some of the code I was working on was UWP. And as that technology matured, I was able to update stuff. So it was a lot of just trying to keep up with how fast the technology moves.
0: Yeah, I, I just I was just looking at the book by Michael Stonis on Maui. It, it like enterprise patterns for .NET MAUI. And there's a chapter about uh, like eventing mechanism built into MAUI, and then I went to use that and then the compiler said, well, that's already deprecated with .NET 7. Uh, you have to use the one from the MVM toolkit. And uh, I mean, this is a brand new book <laughs> and it's already uh, got information that's not up to date anymore. And I, that that's quite a challenge. It's like people know this from from working in projects, right? You you update to dotnet 7 and it'll suddenly say okay well this stuff we changed this and uh we drop this support and i i can see how that is
1: a big challenge you yeah. know it's just it's just falling forward and when I, like in in the current software ecosystem that's really what we're doing everything moves so fast and mobile it just moves so much faster yeah and it makes sense. I mean, customers that use mobile devices expect so much innovation from the big tech companies and they're just mm-hmm. they're just trying to keep up themselves and then app developers are it's hard. Yeah. But
0: publishing a book, is that like publishing software or is it like you get one release or uh, and then that's it? Are, are, you, are you going to release dot versions of that book or is there like a, something to keep it up to date?
1: yeah it depends on the type of software you do uh like right now i work in the public sector so we end up doing stuff with like gold builds because we don't get to touch it that much so it's kind of more like like that um the process that i went through was as i wrote the chapters i i handed it off to my technical reviewer and he gave me feedback at the very end i uh I made some revisions based on his feedback, and then I handed it off to my book editors, and they did more of like the grammar side of stuff. And then they they released it after we were all good with everything. Um, yeah. But uh, yeah, it's not like like software where you can just go and say, "Oh, this page is incorrect now. Let's just go and update it." It's it's printed like that's it. You'd have right. you have to do like another revision. Yeah, ne- next edition, I guess. Maybe. Mm-hmm. Yeah, next edition. <laughs> That's the challenge with books. is It's just so hard to keep everything up to date. You just do your best.
0: Yeah, I, I used to work in the the satellite industry uh, just for a little little time, and that that was before you could do like remote updates of satellite firmware. And um, oh, that that's like it, it has to work. <laughs> that launch is frightfully expensive, and then once it's in orbit, um, yeah, that that's it.
1: <laughs> Yeah, that's like my job right now in the public sector. We do a lot of on-prem deployments, so we have to have our stuff extra, extra good before we hand it off to our customer. And then if mm-hmm. there's a problem, it's, it could be a while before they get an update. So we have to like it's just a different way of thinking when everything else is very cloud and instant updates right now.
0: Yeah, but is it is it more waterfall? Would you say for
1: the? Um, it depends. Okay, it really depends. Yeah, I could say. Yeah, you can say it's kind of waterfally.
0: <laughs> yeah. So there might be, if it's if it's uh, successful, there might be another edition that where you have to update and and keep up. I guess Uno is moving at incredible incredible speed too, right?
1: Yeah, they're just they're doing so much innovation. It's really cool, and they're putting a lot of time and energy into the web platform because I I keep saying Uno platform is built for the line of business enterprise, and you. The, what they're doing with WebAssembly is really nice. They're doing a lot of major performance improvements. So you can realistically build your Windows app and then open it up in a browser. Mm-hmm. And it works. Like, it's really cool when you see all that stuff actually just, just work. It's it's amazing.
0: Yeah. So is there any influence from this book onto your, your work or... I mean, so I mentioned you you contribute to the Uno project yourself.
1: Mm-hmm. Um,
0: you you contribute to the Maui project or the the Maui Toolkit also and
1: yeah like it's it's been a little bit since I've done work in uh, .NET maui but I have contributed to xamarin forms I've contributed to the xamarin forms community toolkit uh, my work over there has been contributed to the Maui toolkit uh, mm-hmm. my claim to fame is I built the xamarin forms community toolkit pop-up control which recently was been ported over to the Maui toolkit cool uh, I do a lot of a lot of research in the UNO platform itself right now because of work. But uh, a lot of this research did come back to work. Of, are we going to use MAUI? Or are we going to use UNO platform? I, I briefly mentioned at the beginning of the podcast, they solve different problems. And you, you kind of pick the technology that makes the most sense for your team. Uh, and, and you go from there.
0: Yeah. So what is it now you've, you've completed this monumental milestone? What is it that you're up to next?
1: So the stuff that I'm working on next is continuing my, my work and research in the open source space. I, I really enjoy the mobile space and the cross-platform space. So I'm going to keep working on Uno Platform. I, over the past couple of years, I've been really into the .NET imaging space and building cross-platform high-performance libraries. Mm-hmm. So... I'm planning to keep working in that space with my goal of making these libraries work with Uno .NET Maui, which has been just it's been like a fun like C sharp, C interop layer that I've been working in. Cool. What what, what libraries are those? <clears throat> um I've built them for work. It's uh I have two big libraries that we've that I wrote. One manages image conversion from high efficiency images to Uh, like a JPEG format or a ping format. So you Mm -hmm. can easily use them in the app, another one. And that natively uses a C++ library. I just wrote the inter-app layer. And same kind of deal with another library I wrote, which uh, takes digital camera negatives, so like super high-res special image formats, and converts Mm -hmm. them to uh, something that your app can use in very similar API footprint uh, with these projects, I got a little bit into GPU coding and all high performance stuff that oh. interrupts very nicely with, uh, C sharp and. .NET. And these are open source projects. Yes, These are open source. Okay. Then I'll, I'll
0: drop a link to those yeah. um, in the show notes, along with the link to your book, of course. Um, in any, where else people can, can go to see your work. Is that just GitHub?
1: Yep. You can go and find me on GitHub, uh, GitHub.com/skayhuffman and you'll see all my stuff there.
0: Okay, cool. Um, well, thank you for being my guest today. That was really interesting, and um, I I might have a WinUI problem a question for you after this, since you're the expert <laughs> that I <laughs> have right now in my project. But um, thank you so much for for sharing, and I wish you all the luck with your with your book
1: thank um, you.
0: and the upcoming projects.
1: Thanks for having me on your podcast. This has been fun.
0: This has been another episode of Dev Talk, and we'll see each other again next time. Thank you. Bye. Bye.